0: I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can find them also at HeidiHarris.com. I also do a live show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. And I've been most recently putting segments from the show on the podcast, in addition to the long form interviews that I do. So I'm kind of mixing it up a little bit. This week, I had Tommy Schultz on from the American Federation for Children. They are big homeschool advocates and school choice advocates. And we talked a few months ago before the pandemic was in full swing about how parents and their attitudes were changing about homeschooling since they're pretty much stuck with the job now. (laughs) So Tommy Schultz, joined me again on the show. Tommy, welcome back to the Heidi Harris Show. How you doing?
1: I am great yeah thanks for having me big year in terms of uh, a lot of shifts and changes in our schooling system
0: absolutely and I think a lot of parents are just feeling disgusted with the fact that they're getting jacked around and it's bad enough that the schools were closed now they're open part of the time and this and that and they don't have any kind of sense of um, continuity and a sense of assurance that the the education is worth anything and you're you're hearing from more and more parents who want to are deciding to homeschool now right?
1: That's right. I mean, there has been a huge surge in demand uh, for homeschooling options, for private school options. You know, at the beginning of the you know pandemic outbreak in March and April and spring, you know, we were pretty worried that many private schools were going to be uh, in a real uh, problematic financial situation, right? Where if, if all the governments are <laughs> ruling that every school has to be closed, parents might be unwilling to pay tuition. We thought that you know there might be some real issues there, which would be a real headache too for public schools. How would they absorb a whole bunch of new, new students? But there was sort of this other situation that developed where, as you mentioned, so many public schools, I think it's the data shows about 60% of public schools just threw up their hands and said, nope, we're not doing any sort of remote learning. Six months later, they had zero plans for opening, just a total mess that really actually resulted in a surge in homeschooling demand and private school demand. And we are hopeful that this will really Start to give parents a lot more leverage over this sort of political system that uh, controls our schooling system. And I'll give you a bit of data that I think is really fascinating. We did a poll in April where we asked folks, hey, you know, what do you think about uh, homeschooling? And do you think that you're more likely to homeschool once the pandemic ends? And 40% of parents said that yes, they're more interested in homeschooling once schools even open up and the lockdowns are all done. And then we asked the second question just about school choice in general and always get really high marks in terms of school choice support. It's always like 75% support from African-Americans and Hispanics. Uh, the poll said it, 67% of public school parents supported school choice. Fast forward to August. We just did a poll after, as you mentioned, complete chaos, school lockdowns, etc. 77% of public school parents said that they now support school, po- wow. school choice. Wow. So a 10-point jump. In the span of just a few months, again, as you mentioned earlier, because of the chaos, because of the teachers' unions' politics, because of the uncertainty. And so parents are starting to wake up, they're getting
0: this. That's important. We're speaking with Tommy Schultz from the American Federation for Children. That's the important thing that you mentioned, the politics. The kids are being stuck in the middle of this and treated like a political football. Yes, it's inconvenient for parents. I get that. You're trying to if, – if you have a job and you want to go back to work, you're trying to figure out how to work and, and take care of the kids at home and do this. I understand that. But beyond that, the children are getting screwed out of an education, and it's all political. And that's what just is unbelievable to me.
1: Oh, it is. I mean – the, pol- the politics have always been bad, but I think they are really, for most Americans, they are now just seeing how sinister the politics are, right The teachers unions, I mean, they're organizing teachers to send body bags to governors and mayors saying, you can't open it or else we'll you know, be in jeopardy with our lives. And what has that resulted in with them playing all of this, all of the politics? You know, Stanford just did uh, a new bit of research that said across 19 states, Uh, The average estimate of how much students lost in terms of learning uh, from spring 2020 ranged anywhere from 57 to 232 days of learning. I mean, because, you know, and, you know, parents get this when kids go through that summer slide of just a few months of no school. You know, they got to sort of get, you know, warmed back up in, in the fall and get back on track. I mean, you've now basically doubled the time that a normal summer would be. And so it's a real just absolute devastating situation for the future of our country. And the results of this, right? Think about the future in terms of future incarceration, future dropouts, unemployment, underemployment, when you had so many kids not going to school, so many that have just been sort of lost in the thick of everything as they're trying to reopen, kids, especially from lower-income communities. It's just the politics of this is going to be for so many kids in the future, decades to come. It's going to just reveal, though, I think many, many Americans that We cannot have this political structure of the teachers' unions and all the other special interests in education Controlling and ruining our school system.
0: Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real disaster. speaking with Tommy Schultz in the American Federation for Children. As you know, Condoleezza Rice has called school choice the civil rights issue of our time, and I'm hoping that more and more parents, especially minority parents, and, and sometimes they're stuck in terrible neighborhoods where they don't have choices. And and listen, they may not even if they had a choice, they may not be able to get their kid to another school because they may not have transportation or whatever. Uh, Low income people of all colors, I get that, but the option people want the option many and they. they They want the ability to put their kid in the best possible school. And they feel maybe overwhelmed trying to teach their kid themselves. And kids are losing years of their lives potentially in this.
1: That's right. And I mean, as I mentioned earlier, every single poll that we do, the highest pockets of support for this issue come from African-Americans and Hispanic voters. And why is that? As you said, they're usually the ones that are getting the short end of the stick of all this. And so that's why our whole mission is to say, look, we need to empower lower income families with the freedom to choose the best education for their child. Because if you are wealthy and affluent, you already have school choice, right? You can pay for tuition. You can pay for a heftier mortgage to go to the quote unquote good school district. But even for those families, what this pandemic and the lockdowns revealed to them and we hear this all the time now is that so many of these families that thought they were buying into good school districts are realizing oh my gosh they aren't that good the politics or whatever they're teaching our kids is just terrible and we're seeing this because we're educating them at home and so that's where we've seen this booming demand for school choice because so many parents are realizing that the school system that they either bought into or what they thought they were being told from whether it's the unions or others about their good schools they're realizing my kid can't read and he's not and he (laughs) should be reading right or all these things just stack up to where I think you're going to see a lot of legislative maneuvering this upcoming legislative session across the country and starting in January where School choice is going to be a real top agenda.
0: I think so. We're speaking with Tommy Schultz from the American Federation for Children. I've also seen ads online in places where people, parents are coming together and coming up with money to pay a teacher. So the teacher will teach, you know, five or six kids at somebody's house and all the parents are pitching in to pay that salary, which I think if you can afford it is brilliant.
1: No, Heidi. It's a real unbelievable development this year. They call them pods. They might call them micro schools. It's That's sort what of it just is. a yes. Derivative of uh, like a homeschooling model, but where this gets really interesting. People have always said in the school choice movement, how do we really get more teachers on board? Because we see polling that shows a significant amount of teachers support this issue, but there, you know, with the unions kind of controlling all the dynamics there, it's real difficult. Well, now this is presenting a big golden era for teachers, right? Because if you're a great teacher and you can get a you know a pod going where you have a number of families paying you individually to help educate a small number of students, you could be making double your salary that yep. you're currently making. Right?
0: Absolutely. So it's
1: a real sort of free market, interesting solution that I think not only empowers families uh, that that are able to do it, but you could actually create some school choice mechanisms that allows all families to be able to access something like that. So I mean, you have smaller class sizes, great culture, great teachers. Again, I think this is gonna be a golden era for teachers and a way for us to really capture them as part of this you know, movement that's been around for 30 years. And uh, I think that going into the future, this will be such a huge moment for us to be able to finally change our school system.
0: Yeah, I think that's a bright spot in this crazy 2020 year. Tommy Schultz, American Federation for Children. Find them at federationforchildren.org. Thanks for joining me again. I wanted to get with you and get an update. Well, last time we talked was a couple months ago, and I, wow, it's just, a, I mean, by tomorrow, the whole world's on fire, right? You, you don't know what's going to happen from day to day, but but I am glad that it looks like there's some great things happening for, for children and school choice, and that's really important.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to chatting again. I I might have some new polling numbers that show the demand is just through the roof again.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. You let me know. We'll get you out again. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Isn't it fascinating how the teachers unions thought they could use the kids as political footballs, and now that's going to be backfiring on them when thousands of kids are leaving schools in the public realm anyway and never going back. Of course, the ones stuck in bad neighborhoods where the parents can't really afford that are still going to get screwed, as always. We'll keep you updated on it. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget to join me weekday mornings, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM670KMZQ for my live show. You can listen live at a link at HeidiHarris.com, and that's kind of my home base for all my social media and everything, HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. (coughs)